This is an encore edition of the Hour of Intercession. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Again, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Father, we thank you once again for your word and the power, the grace, and the strength found in your word. Thank you for the wonderful and the glorious story of Christmas and the many ways that our lives can be edified, encouraged, and strengthened as we take time to read and meditate and think on these powerful passages that make up what we call the Christmas story. Stir us, Lord, to be witnesses who are set on fire of your Holy Spirit during the Christmas season and beyond, seeking to live a life where we're living to point people like the wise men, point people to Jesus through our words, our actions, our attitude, our life, and our lifestyles. Just fill us afresh with your Spirit to be faithful to live a life doing just that. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Mark Ose. Mark is going to share a word of prayer with us at this time. Thank you, Pastor Joseph. Lord God, I just thank you so very, very much for Jesus. Thank, thank you. you, God, for thank sending you. your Son and uh, for giving us a way, uh, a truth and, and a life, a way for us to be with you in eternity. And Lord God, uh, as I did yesterday, again, I ask that uh, we would not just see this as a yearly tradition, but actually as an opportunity 
uh, Christmas time is is the perfect time to let people know who Jesus is and and the fact that his death on the cross, his sacrifice on our behalf is the way that we can get to heaven, that we can be saved for all eternity and live with you as you have intended uh, because you love us. And Lord God, we, we just love you for that way and for giving us all that you have. God, thank you for the blessing that we have of celebrating uh, Jesus' birth uh, in this free country so far, year after year. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Just uh, one bit of news I want to share with our listeners. Many may have already heard, but by the grace of God, it's wonderful news to hear. The missionaries, I believe it was a total of about 17 that had been kidnapped in the nation of Haiti. My understanding is, according to the news, all of them have now been released. So we praise God for that. Father, thank you for that great news. Thank you for how that they've been released safe and unharmed. And thank you for keeping them safe from danger, evil, and harm in the midst of a, a very dangerous situation. We rejoice with the families. We rejoice with the churches involved. We rejoice with all the missionaries who came home or came safely out of that situation. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your angels, all that you use to protect them and deliver them safely from the difficulty they were in. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Praise God. Well, we are blessed to have and honored to have with us once again two young ladies who were a part of our Ten Commandments project, Audrey and Kate. And uh, Kate is eight years old and Audrey is six, and we are so blessed and honored to have them along with their mom, Sarah. They're with us um, by phone, and they're going to be reading from the Christmas story for us, though. So, Kate and Audrey, how are you all today? Doing well, thank you. That's good. Okay, and Sarah as well. Of course, Sarah is mom, and Kate and Audrey are with us. So, uh, we're going to start off. Audrey is going to read a scripture from Luke chapter 2, specifically verse 11. So Audrey's going to share that with us. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Well, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. All right. Thank you, Audrey. You're a great reader. And you have a beautiful reading voice. Thank you for sharing that with us today, okay? All right. And now her sister. All right. Thank you again. A blessing to have you with us today. Next, we have Kate. Again, Audrey is six years old, and Kate is eight years old. Kate is going to read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. So, Kate, as soon as you're ready, you can go right ahead. Luke 2, 1-21 And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This, since this first took place, while Corinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. 
So it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. For there was born to you this day in the sea of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angel when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who hold it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And when eight days were completed for the circumstance of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Luke 2, 1 through 21. All right. Thank you, Kate. Again, you're an excellent reader, too. Both you and Audrey are great readers, and you all are probably two of the best uh, readers that are eight- and six-year-olds in the country. So I appreciate you all coming on the broadcast and reading. Now, I wanted to ask you this question, Kate. Do you think it's important for children and adults to read the Christmas story during the Christmas season? Yes, I do. All right. Well, well, I appreciate your reading today probably encouraged many young people and adults to do more reading the two then. And I, my guess is probably you and Audrey both enjoy Christmas, don't you? Yes, very much. That's good. Well, thank you all so much for reading. You, all, you and Audrey did, did a beautiful job. And thank you, Sarah, for letting me come on today and read for us today, okay? You're welcome. And we hope you all have a very blessed and Merry Christmas, okay? Thank you. Same to you. All right. You'll have a blessed day. Again, it was Kate and Audrey. They were two young ladies that participated in the Ten Commandments Project, and both of them did a beautiful job with speeches that they shared about the Ten Commandments. So we were honored to have them to come back with us today and read the Word of God. So we were grateful for them. And once again, I want to say to every parent and every grandparent and just believers, period, uh, you may have ch- children at home. Well, my encouragement to every listener is make it your goal to read through the Christmas narratives. Again, Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2 all the way through during the Christmas season. It will bless you tremendously, and you, I, I would encourage you to do it as a family as well. 
Be sure and let the children do much of the reading. The reading, the reason being is because often children will get more out of their uh, Christmas experience if they read it themselves and allow and invite the children to ask lots and lots of questions because typically children will have questions. And remember, their questions are always good questions. So I hope that every single listener will take the time to do that. Now, if you happen to not have young children in the home with you, this is my encouragement to you. Make it a point to call on the phone and invite them to read for you and grandparents or uncles or aunts. You might give the young person some sort of incentive. Tell them you'll drop something in the mail to them or something, but have them read passages just like Kate read. She read uh, Luke 2, 1 to 21. doesn't take but a few moments. But for many children, if you have them to read by phone, if they happen to be a distance away and you can't be with them, but if you have them to do it by phone, for many children, the only passages of the Christmas story that they'll read for the whole season will be what you ask them to read for you on the phone. And remember, it's not just a nice thing to do. The Word of God edifies, it blesses, it pours joy, peace, and grace into the mind and the heart of the reader. And so for many children, it's a blessing that they have someone who loves and cares about them enough to ask them to read the Word of God specifically pertaining to the Christmas story for them. So that's a wonderful way to put your phone to use during the Christmas season. Have grandchildren, nephews or nieces or someone that you know, ask them, would you read Luke 2, 1 to 21 or Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12 or whatever passages and again, tell them, well, I'll just, I'll drop a little incentive in the mail to you, whatever you choose to do, but invite them to do it and it will bless them and encourage them. Father, thank you for every believer listening and thank you for the opportunity we'll have, Lord, to be able to Uh, encourage young people as well as read through the Christmas stories ourselves. Help us to know, Lord, there are many important life lessons we can find as we listen to the Word of God and as we walk in the wisdom of God's Word with regards to reading those passages. And help us to know, Lord, that there are important faith lessons and important lessons about life we can learn, as well as in a number of ways, important lessons about following you that we can learn from the wonderful people that are found within the pages of the Christmas story. Thank you for this opportunity. We praise you, Lord. And we ask that you'd anoint us afresh with the spirit that would cause us to have a growing hunger for your word each and every day. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back.
music of the children of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir with Happy Birthday, Jesus, a beautiful Christmas selection from the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir children. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. For the balance of the broadcast today, we're looking specifically at the topic of Choose to Trust and Obey, Faith Lessons from the Story of Christmas. And we want to look today at some of the individuals that make up the, that are the characters within the powerful and the blessed story of Christmas and look at lessons that are not just nice lessons to look at, but insights that will help us to become and to be stronger believers who know how to listen to God and follow and obey him in our lives. All of us have an important calling and callings upon our lives. No calling God places upon the life of any believer is insignificant or no big deal. Every calling is an important one. And so it's important that each of us take the responsibility of carrying out God's work and calling on our lives seriously. So we're looking specifically first at the uh, very important character in the Christmas story of Joseph, the earthly father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so look with me in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter chapter 1, and we're going to read the chapter all of Matthew chapter 1, but focus on the life of Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Amminadab. Amminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz by Rehob. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah, and Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hezekiah. Hezekiah begot Manasseh, Manasseh begot Ammon, and Ammon begot Josiah. Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begot Shealtiel, and Shealtiel begot Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel begot Abiad, Abiad begot Eliakim, and Eliakim begot Azor. Azor begot Zadok, Zadok begot Achim, and Achim begot Eliad. Eliad begot Eleazar, Eleazar begot Mathan, and Mathan begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, 
Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not, did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Verses 1 through 25, all of Matthew chapter 1. So again, as we focus and look briefly at the life of Joseph, the earthly father of the Lord Jesus Christ, interesting to look at a number of truths about Joseph. We find from Scripture that Joseph obviously is a descendant of King David, and so Jesus could, of course, now actually Joseph and, uh, according to studies, Joseph and Mary, both of them are descended from King David as well. So Joseph, as the earthly father, of course, he could represent and was did serve as the earthly father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Interesting, too, to note that a number of things tie this Joseph with two other Josephs in Scripture. And it's interesting to note that just like Joseph in the book of Genesis, uh, this Joseph in Matthew 1, his father's name is Jacob. And, of course, Joseph in the book of Genesis, his father was named Jacob as well. And also, both Josephs, God dealt with them uniquely through dreams. When you read through Matthew chapters 1 and 2, you find that God spoke at least four specific times to Joseph, each time in a dream. Of the first three instances, it specifically mentions that God spoke through an angel in a dream. Now, the last dream doesn't mention an angel, Uh, It may very well have had an angel in that one as well, but Scripture doesn't mention it. But God gives clear guidance to Joseph through dreams as he uh, carries out the important calling placed upon his life as the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Joseph in the Old Testament, he too, God dealt with him uniquely through dreams in his life. God gave him dreams that he would one day be be a great leader early in his life. And sadly, his brothers became very jealous of him. And he went through quite an ordeal. But overall, in a number of ways, the Joseph of the book of Genesis points to and his life represents the life of Jesus in many important ways. So he was like an early forerunner whose life foretold of some of the events of the life of Jesus. Well, of course, Joseph, the earthly father of the Lord Jesus, obviously his life points to Jesus in that he is the earthly dad. Joseph was a carpenter, according to Scripture, and apparently Joseph taught and trained Jesus to be a carpenter as well. So Joseph and Jesus were carpenters, and so it fell to Joseph to teach and his son a a skill and a trade, which, of course, he used in his lifetime. Also, we see Joseph's spiritual leadership here. And when we look at Matthew chapter 1, we see where of course, Mary and Joseph are betrothed to be married. And, of course, uh, the, the process of marrying was a bit different from our culture. The betrothal, the betrothal period was a period of time for a number of months typically. But it was basically where it really went beyond engagement. They were, in essence, married except the marriage had not been consummated in a sexual union. Well, during that time, before they did come together, as it turns out, Mary was became pregnant carrying the son of god the lord jesus christ well initially uh, it appears joseph probably becoming distressed because it appeared mary had been unfaithful to him 
But God steps into Joseph's dream and helps, lets him know this is of him. This is uh, his work where Mary is now the mother of the Messiah. She's carrying the long-awaited Messiah that the Jewish people have been looking for for centuries. And God has entrusted this precious woman named Mary to be Joseph's wife. And so Joseph is to be the guide, the protector, and the husband of the woman who would carry the Messiah. And Joseph was to function and serve as the earthly dad of the Messiah as well. And so Joseph proceeded to marry Mary, and he was a good man that loved God and loved his wife and loved his son Jesus as well. And, of course, keep in mind, too, that uh, he married Mary and he listened to God. Now, a very important truth I want to make very clear is that in all four dreams that are mentioned in Matthew chapters 1 and 2, Joseph hears the word of God. God gives him guidance and direction, uh, largely about taking care of and protecting the Son of God and his wife Mary. And each time Joseph hears the clear word of God and he obeys. He hears the clear word of God and he obeys. And a major lesson for every believer to learn is that all of us are called to listen to God through his word and obey his word. And, you know, the whole Christian life can be summed up in this, in three basic, very simple but powerful steps. Come to know Christ, then listen to Christ, and obey Christ. Again, come to know Christ, to listen to Christ, and obey Christ. How do we come to know Christ? We accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives. Once you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, you're now a child of God. You're part of the family of God. Once we're saved, our responsibility is to listen to God. Now, the primary way whereby God talks to all of us is through his word. When you read and study the word of God, the God of the universe, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are all speaking directly to us. So if you wonder, well, how do I listen to God? Every time you open your Bible, your Bible is like a microphone from heaven. God is speaking to you words of counsel, words of wisdom, words of guidance and direction for so much of your life. So reading and studying the Word of God is a very big and major way whereby God will speak to each of us, give us counsel and guidance to bless us and guide us in our lives in carrying out what He's calling us to do. But along with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit speaks to believers every day as well. And so we're to not only listen to the Word of God, but we're listening to the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, often he may speak through thoughts in your mind or a guidance and direction and impressions that you receive in your spirit. But the Holy Spirit really does speak to all of us every single day. The more you read and study the Word of God, the louder the voice and the guidance of the Holy Spirit becomes in your life. So it's very important that, like Joseph, be obedient. Listen to God intently as you read and study His Word and listen to His Spirit. And as you receive guidance and counsel from the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, do what you're told. Very simply, obey the Word and the will of God. It's important to understand that God's Word is the eternal wisdom of God. It's always right. It always glorifies God as we carry it out. And it's a part of what we're all called to do. We're to hear the Word of God and obey it. So specifically in Matthew chapter 1 verse 24 says, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So again, 
one very important way in which Joseph is a good role model for us is that he was very obedient to the clear guidance of the Word of God. You and I are to read and study the Word of God, and when you read and study Scripture, always look for the commands. And when you find the commands in the Word of God, we're called to be both hearers and doers of God's Word. We're not to read the Bible just to say we've read it. We're to read it in order to hear God's guidance and direction and obey it as well. And so also in chapter 2, we find where, again, there were three more dreams that Joseph had. Now, note, as I mentioned, in the first three dreams mentioned, it mentions an angel spoke to him through the dream. Now, one might ask, well, why does God speak to him uh, through dreams? Well, keep in mind Though this is the New Testament, the Lord Jesus Christ has not lived and died on the cross and risen from the dead at this point in time as of yet. So in a sense, you could you could call the activity Old Testament activity because it's prior to the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, but God gives him clear guidance through dreams and Joseph is very obedient. We too are called to be very obedient in our lives as well. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're looking today at the topic, Choose to Trust and Obey, Faith Lessons from the Story of Christmas. We'll be right back. listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking at the topic, Choose to Trust and Obey, Faith Lessons from the Story of Christmas. And we're looking uh, at the life specifically, largely, of Joseph, the earthly dad of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we pointed out, 
There are three Josephs in Scripture that all of them have some interesting ties to one another. Again, the Joseph of the book of Genesis points to Jesus Christ, and in many ways his life symbolizes the work and the saving action of his people similarly to Jesus. Of course, now Jesus is our great and ultimate Savior, but again, Joseph's life in the book of Genesis pointed to the life of Jesus. Well, Joseph, the earthly dad of Jesus, he was put in a unique position to be the earthly father of the Lord Jesus, to help raise him, uh, and to teach him a trade that he could help carry on up until he starts his earthly ministry specifically. But also, there's a third Joseph that has some interesting ties. Remember uh, Joseph of Arimathea in the book of Mark chapter 15, reading verse 43, it says, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking courage, went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate marveled that he was already dead and summoned the centurion. He asked him if he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Then he bought fine linen, took him down, and wrapped him in the linen. And he laid him in a tomb which had been hewn out of the rock and rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, observed where he was laid. Now, Joseph of Arimathea, Scripture doesn't say a whole lot about him, but actually he's a much more important character than many people might would realize. Well, like Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, Joseph, uh, the earthly dad of Jesus, was there with Mary when, when the baby Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Well, Joseph of Arimathea was there, there helped, and he helped to take the body of Christ down from the cross, and he was there to wrap Jesus in burial clothes. So, in a sense, you could say the two, these two Josephs were like at bookend places in the life of Jesus. The earthly dad, Joseph, was there at his birth, and there to again to wrap him in swaddling clothes, be there to help wrap him, wrap him in swaddling cloths. And Joseph of Arimathea was there to help wrap him in burial clothes. Also, Joseph of Arimathea uh, gives Jesus his tomb, his burial place. Interesting to note, though, Joseph of Arimathea's tomb is the most famous tomb in all of history, the most famous grave in all of history. And remember, he, give, he gives us to Jesus, but Jesus only needs it for three days. <laughs> the fact is, he rose from the dead, and so though Joseph thought he was giving Jesus the tomb, Jesus only needed to borrow it and basically gave it back to Joseph. And so to, even to this day, Joseph of Arimathea's tomb is the most famous tomb in all of history because of who was laid there, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And again, what a wonderful and powerful truth to know. Jesus only needed it for three days. Now, that's not normally the way you use a, a gravesite. You know, people, the bodies are laid there and they're there for a while. But Jesus only needed it for three days. So Joseph of Arimathea plays an important role in the life of Jesus. All three Josephs point to Jesus and have important roles in pointing the world to Jesus as well. Again, so like these three Josephs, our job is to live in such a way that our lives too are to in some way as God calls us to, to point people to Jesus Christ. Remember, in all of life, the most important issue is coming to know Christ and serve him. That's much more important than many, many other issues that consume so much time, energy, and attention of human beings all over the world. 
But you know, the fact is, whether a person lives a, sh- a long life or a short life, say a person lives to be 110, that's a long life as we see it in our lifetime. But remember, when a person dies at whatever age they die, the only thing that matters after they die is, did you know Jesus? Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. No matter how rich or poor the person was, no matter how famous or not or not famous that person was, no matter how much money or land and possessions they owned or how poor they were, that doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is, did you know Jesus? Because if you know Jesus, you're going to a wonderful, wonderful place called heaven. Jesus came amongst other things, to be the door to heaven, the means whereby we could go and spend all eternity with our Heavenly Father. And it's only through Jesus that we can come to be a citizen of that wonderful place called heaven. Through, As we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and live our lives for him, again, the one who saves us and makes us brand new is Jesus. So whoever you are, wherever you may be listening from, remember, make it your, dis- your distinct commitment. Decide Yes, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. In fact, doing it today is a very wise thing to do because the reality is tomorrow is not promised to any one of us. All of us may live in such a way that we may live as if we're going to live for a long, long time, but none of us know the day of our departing this world. But remember, it's critical that you be sure that you've given your life to Christ and are living for him no matter what you do or what your circumstances because, again, typically we do not know the day that we'll be leaving this earth. And, of course, Jesus is coming back as well. So, again, like the father, the earthly dad of Jesus, Joseph, be one who lives in such a way that you care your calling from God, whatever that calling might be, to honor the Lord Jesus Christ and to live in such a way that you point people to Christ. You know, once again, in the way of encouragement, I want to remind our listeners too, during this season of the year, there's lots of gift giving. Well, I would encourage you to pray over every single gift. Ask God to guide you in the selection of gifts that you give. And pray and ask God to anoint the gifts you give uh, and to use them in such a way that somehow or another your gift would point people to Jesus and help them to better see that Jesus is is the key to all of life. And I would encourage you to get gospel tracks and put a gospel track in every gift you give. Why? Well, will people some people think you're a little strange for doing that? Well, they might. But keep in mind, no matter how strange they may think you are, if that person reads that gospel track and decides to give their life to Christ, no matter how weird they thought you were for putting a gospel track in a gift, one day, it might be in this lifetime, it might be in heaven, they will probably find you and say, thank you for loving Jesus enough to put a gospel track in my gift because I read that. That was a seed in my life, and I came to know Christ because you were faithful enough and you loved Jesus enough to be a disciple who pointed me to him. How important it is that we understand this is the responsibility of every believer, every follower of Christ. So again, um, praying praying about what gifts to give each person you give gifts to, praying for God to anoint the gift, and putting gospel tracts and discipleship tracts in them, and also giving gifts such as Bibles or books that will point people to Christ as well. There are a wealth of books and books that are out there. I would encourage you to do that as well. Father, thank you for every single listener, every person listening today, and thank you for the opportunity you give to each and every one of us of being witnesses for you. 
Help us, Lord, to live in such a way that, like all three Josephs that I referred to, that our life would point people to Jesus, that would encourage, our life would encourage them to follow Jesus and to live for Jesus. Help us to know, Lord, that the work you've called us to is very, very important, that every calling you place upon us is an important calling. Help us to be faithful to carry it out. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, very briefly, I would remind you too again, you know, I think of too in Luke chapter 1 when it refers to the angel Gabriel coming to visit Mary. Mary too is faithful. So we see great faithfulness in both Mary and Joseph as well. Gabriel explains to her that she will be the mother of the Messiah. And of course, the fact is, Mary had a choice to make to say, well, she would cooperate with the Lord or she wouldn't. But her response is, be it to me according to your word. Mary, too, heard the word of God, and she decided she would obey God and carry out the call of God upon her life as well. Mary and Joseph stand as great role models for us as persons who didn't do things perfectly, uh, but they were faithful parents that loved the Lord And they did a great job of helping to raise the Messiah. And Jesus, of course, obviously perfectly fulfilled the call of God upon his life as well. An interesting story that um, will often, of course, be referred to as a portion of the Christmas story is found in Luke chapter 2, the end of chapter 2. Very briefly, the story of how that Jesus' parents, they would go to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Well, very interesting to think about this. Jesus went with his parents when he was 12 years of age, to the Passover. And remember, the Passover lamb um, and the whole Passover uh, observance and feast, it really was all about Jesus because it was pointing to the fact that Jesus would be the great Passover lamb one day. And he is our great Passover lamb. But here they go to celebrate it, and they head back home and don't realize Jesus has been left Uh, And when you have opportunity, for time reasons, we won't take time to read it now, but this is Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Please take time to read when you have time. But they leave Jesus behind accidentally, and then at some point they realize, where's Jesus? We don't know where he is, and they hurry back to Jerusalem, and after three days, they find him in the temple. And note, they find him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And so... They're not too happy about the whole situation. And Mary says to Jesus, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And Jesus' response is, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Well, an important question for us all to ask ourselves the question too is, Am I about my father's business? And the Father's business for us, for each one of us, is to carry out the call of God upon our lives, whatever that may be. Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity for us to be faithful followers of Christ, faithful individuals who hear your, who receive Christ and carry out the call of God upon their lives. Help us all to faithfully, fully fulfill the call that you've placed upon our lives for your glory, the building of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we usually do, near the end of the broadcast. If you are listening and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a wonderful and a great day to get saved, a great day to invite Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Remember that in all of life, there's no more important decision, 
than the decision to invite Christ into your life and to live for him. If you'd like to make that step, please pray this prayer with me at this time, if you would. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so very much that you came to this world a long time ago as a little baby. You grew up. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Help me to live for you all my life. You told us in your word, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I'm calling on your name. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live for you my whole life. In Jesus' name, amen. My email is jparker at afa.net. Again, that's jparker at afa.net. If you prayed that prayer and received Christ, would you email us? Let us know. We'd like to share with you some resources that will help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord. So please do get in touch with us. We definitely want to communicate with you. Again, jparker at afa.net. Again, today we've been looking at the topic, Choose to Trust and Obey. Faith Lessons from the Story of Christmas. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.